Deep subatomic scans picked up traces of plasma. More refined analysis revealed there to be vaporous plasma trails stretching on for an undefined length. Without a star nearby, it was easy to tell what these plasma trails were. They were exhaust trails. More specifically, these were the exhaust trails emitted by a vessel traveling at hyperspeeds. Considering our location, we had obviously picked up the exhaust vapors left by the boom as it had gone into warp. We had a breakthrough. I put a tracking crew on it at once. Time was of the essence. Though highly traceable, these vapor trails decayed over time. Now that we had some idea of what happened, we now needed to seek the answers to how and why. True answers would not be known until the boon is found, but one could not help but to ask how a crippled vessel managed to enter hyperspace. Warp technology was not as soundly developed as one would like. No vessel ever went into hyperspace without the aid of certified warp technicians. Even that was a risk. At the end of the 21st century, Scientists from the country then known as Belgium had discovered a way to temporarily transform a mass into an artificial massless state. This would be the first step to allowing objects to travel at speeds nearing 300 million meters per second. Or simply put, the speed to which light travels in a vacuum. The next step, applying this technology to organic living organisms a discovery that would take yet another half-century. A full century would be required to go from transforming a simple tablespoon into a massless state and the likes of a 30-deck deep space vessel with a thousand personnel. October 20th, 2171 would be the date of the first deep space test launch. And as usual a first test, a complete disaster. The importance of charting routes for such a thing as sending a vessel hurling through the space-time continual at hyperspeeds had failed to be implemented. The result? A vessel being flung into a planet's moon, destroying it on impact. The atmosphere and tidal changes were so drastic that all life was wiped out within three hours. effectively and efficiently starting a war while swiftly ending it all within that time frame. Thus, our first and so far only contact with intelligent life ended in a puff of smoke, all due to engineering idiocy. Once that problem was corrected, a new test launch was ordered, this time with live chimpanzees. The problem with this launch, the counterbalance to the G-forces was not accounted for. The vessel arrived at its destination unchanged, except for the bridge, 
which had been painted with a fresh shade of chimpanzee. Everything stationary and in consistent contact with the vessel transitioned successfully. Anything free to move did not. Everything concerning warp is dangerous and has to be precise. This whole concept also requires a tremendous amount of energy. The first attempt to supply this energy came in the form of a plasma core of some sort. This idea did not last long. Eventually, a process was used for creating a miniature star that was capable of being refueled. However, stars can be rather unpredictable, or even unstable. To account for this, a series of stabilizers had been put in place. This stabilization system was also reinforced with emergency deactivation triggers. The last thing anyone would want is for a sudden pulse or solar flare to trigger an unwanted jump into hyperspace. It was for these reasons, as well as others, that led me to suspect sabotage, something that again can only be answered by time. We had to press on, now that we had a trail to follow, only to do so without restocking supplies and standard maintenance would be foolish. Yet with no UNAF base within reasonable distance, our only choice was one I wish we could simply skip. A deep space trading post. Factionless by default, and only ruled by a local makeshift police force, these were the wild west towns of deep space. Yay us.